We can't shave our shot so the subject of today's class is Prisbol. Um, we all made a Prisbol, um, hopefully, before Rosh Hashanah, and the Mirat Hashanah will all be making a Prisbol again before next Rosh Hashanah. So, what's this all about? So, let's start from the beginning. The Pasuk says, the Torah says, a mitzvah of Shemitah in the kids, Shavat Hashanim Tasa Shemitah. At the end of seven years, um, you should make a Shemitah. Now, we're familiar with the word Shemitah. The word Shemitah literally means to annul. Now, we colloquially call the, the seventh year, which is actually this year, 5782, um, the year of Shemitah. And most predominantly what it's relevant to is the laws of agriculture, the laws of uh, tending to the land. And of course, that only applies in the land of Eretz Yisrael. Um, there are uh, relevances to, um, to Chutzlaretz as well for those laws, especially particularly when it comes to exported fruit and vegetable. And there are certain stores here in Chicago which are overseen by the CRC. And so if you buy your fruit and veg from Ted's or from um, Hungarian, then you don't need to worry about it because anything from Israel is taken care of. If I'm not mistaken, Jewel does not have that arrangement. And so you know, over the next period, you got to be careful looking out for fruit and vegetable from Eretz Yisrael. And I mean, all, all year, all year round, all, you always have to be careful because of the tribus and ISIS, but specifically in the year of Shemitah. And there's actually a book published by the CRC. We have it here in the library, a book on the laws of Shemitah, and particular, including particularly how they pertain to Jews living outside of Eretz Yisrael. But that's not what we're talking about over here. Here there's another... <clears throat> There's another um, mitzvah for the seventh year, and actually, this is the mitzvah why we call it Shmita. In the resting of the land, it says the Shav Sahar, it's Shabbos Hashem. There's no word Shmita over there. The word Shmita or Shamit literally means to let go of, and it's talking about letting go of loans. <clears throat> this is the matter of Shmita or the terms of Shmita. Shamit Kolbal Masha Yasha Anybody who has a, um, a, a, a claim from his fellow, so you have a loan, you lend somebody money, so you have to let go of it. You may not um, demand the money from your fellow, because the time of Shemitah um, has, come to, has come for Hashem. Pasuk Gimel. As a nachri tigris, you may demand money from a guy, or you're allowed to. You may. There's the different opinions in the shoyim if this is a, uh, is this permission to demand your loans from a guy even after shmita, or if it's a mitzvah too. But some money which you have um, in your brother, right? if another Jew has borrowed money from you, that you have to let go of. Then, if you go down to the bottom of the page, the pasuk ches says. Sorry, the next page, page 1234, be careful that a reckless thought should not enter your heart saying um, that the, the year, the seventh year, the year of Shemitah is coming close. And then you will feel badly about your brother and not lend him money, and you will be found to be sinful. So what we have just studied is three of the 630 mitzvahs. The first is in the first half of verse 2, where there is a positive mitzvah to, um, and if in the, in, the, in the accounting of the Sefer HaChinuch, this is mitzvah four seven seven. Yeah, it, this is more mitzvah four seven seven. Is um, the mitzvah he attributes it to Pasuk Gimel? But either way, it's the positive mitzvah to um, cancel debts in the year of Shemitah. Then we have what he calls mitzvah four seven five. Is the negative mitzvah, thou shalt not, that you're not allowed to demand the loan from him after Shemitah. And then we have a third mitzvah, which we did in Pasuk Tess, 
which in the count of Sefer Achilah is mitzvah 480, um, which comes in uh, in following the mitzvah that it's a mitzvah to lend people money in general. Then there's a specific negative. Anytime you give somebody a loan, there's a, a positive mitzvah. That's mitzvah 478, uh, I guess. 480. And then mitzvah 480 is that we are as a negative, another negative commandment that if a person is not allowed to refrain from lending money to someone else out of fear that his loan will be, that he'll lose his money because of the mitzvah of Shemitah. And, um, and, and if a person refrains from giving a loan because of that fear, then he has violated the mitzvah, this mitzvah. Now, um, this mitzvah, the mitzvah of Shemitah's Ksavim, according to most Rishonim, and this is how we paskin, is only relevant, is only applicable mid-oiraisa on a biblical level in the time when the yoivel is noheg. Now, right, the, the mitzvah of the Torah is to count seven cycles of seven years, 49 years, and the 50th year is the year of yoivel. But that mitzvah only, the mitzvah of yoivel is only when the Rebbe Yisrael is when most of the Jewish people are in Israel. Nowadays, and there's other specifics to that as well, but in short, nowadays we do not have the mitzvah of Yevil, and therefore we don't we don't interrupt our cycle of seven years. We keep on going seven, 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 seven. We don't have the, right and when you have the cycle of fifty. So then, year year fifty one is year one. In our cycle nowadays, year fifty is year one because we don't have Yevil in right. Um, so nowadays the Yevil is not like and the Mela, the mitzvah of Shmita, in fact, most of the mitzvah of resting the ground in Eretz Yisrael is also only rabbinic nowadays. And the mitzvah of Shmita's Ksofin, the mitzvah of um, letting go of, 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 of debts, is also not midiraisa, it's only midirabanon, it's only applicable on a rabbinic level nowadays. One of the reasons, before we continue, Let's just quickly review what the Chinuch talks about the Sharshiyah Mitzvah. Every Mitzvah, the, 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 the Chinuch, we've discussed this before, he says Sharshiyah Mitzvah, and what is the sort of underlying purposes or the roots of these Mitzvahs, and he's, he, he shares a few things. So he says like this, I'm concerning the Mitzvah of cancelling debts. He says, I've already written in Barashas in Kesef Tava, which is in Tatsa Mishpatim. The Sefer Chinuch, many Rishonim, Refer to this. We call it Parshas Mishpatim. They split it into two. They had Parshas Mishpatim and then Parshas in Kesef Talmud. That the Rambam, I think, also refers to it that way. Rashi refers to it that way. Um, so he says, I've already explained over there um, what I know regarding the underlying purpose of this mitzvah, and I'm reading from the article translation. And similarly, the cancellation of loans and shmita also follows that explanation, namely that it serves to train ourselves in noble character traits. Are the traits of generosity and benevolence, and lead our, leads us to establish in our hearts great trust in Hashem, blessed be He. We will then be fit to receive goodness from Hashem, the master of all existence, who encompasses all blessing and mercy. Additionally, this mitzvah creates a strong fence, an iron barricade that serves to greatly distance us from stealing and from coveting anything that belongs to our fellow. For based on this mitzvah, we will tell ourselves the following Kalvachayim reasoning. If even the money that I lent my fellow which is my own money. The Shemitah year arrived, the Torah states, I would have to waive the debt um, and let the money remain in his possession. So Bimela, is it not obvious that I ought to distance myself in the extreme um, from stealing or robbing that which is his? Okay, so the mitzvah, this is the rule, and he says the same, the same roots for the negative mitzvah, the positive mitzvah of canceling debts and the negative mitzvah of not collecting debts are both in the same vein. And they are designed in part, all the, all, it's always the, the Chinuch's reasons are not the full reason, they're part of the reason. Part of the reason is to instill within our hearts the um, kindness, A, B, the trust in Hashem, and three, it, it, serves, us to, it serves to further distance ourselves from, from, from immoral uh, financial behavior of stealing, theft, etc. Then if you turn to Mitzvah 480, um, then if you turn to mitzvah 480, where it's the mitzvah that you shouldn't withhold the loan due to the thought that Schmidt is coming up and you may lose it. So there he says, Misharshia mitzvah, 
Among the underlying purposes of the mitzvah is to reinforce and set within our hearts the trait of generosity and to distance to the utmost degree the trait of stinginess. Um, this is accomplished by fulfilling this mitzvah for no one in the world um, is as generous as one who lends money despite being aware that the time is approaching when his loan will be canceled and he will suffer its loss. If he is the victim of an unavoidable circumstance, some other occurrence, um, that will prevent him from demanding payment from his loan before the end of the Shemitah year. Um, Yeah, okay, we'll do another paragraph. Anyone who understands the ways of the Torah and has attained even a small amount of its wonderful and valuable knowledge will know with clarity that one who scatters his money to the needy will have more added to it. And while one who refrains from it, from what is proper and fails to give to the needy, brings only loss upon himself. This has become a cause Hashem judges a person in accordance with his deeds, and he grants him of his blessing to the degree that the person draws to blessing, that the person draws close to blessing by acting generous, gener generously with others. The trait of stinginess is an iron barricade between him and blessing, and therefore one who conducts himself with that trait and does not deal generously with others is distanced from blessing and will thus incur a loss. Generosity, on the other hand, is one of the components of blessing. Thus, one who acts with generosity is included in blessing. A wise one will hear and increase his learning. Okay, basically, the underlying purpose of this mitzvah is set in a similar vein so the other thing that it instills within us, the trait of um, generosity. We don't really need this because we don't have the text. And, um, and um, yeah, so that's the, the, the reason for the mitzvah. With this second mitzvah of, of not refraining from loans because of the fear of Shmita, there's a lot, a lot of discussion in Rishonim and Ahrenim. Why is it so terrible? And under what circumstances is it so terrible? Is it... Is it, some say that it's only in Avera if you have a far-fetched far, uh, far concern that you won't that he won't repay his loan before the Shemitah, but if it's a reasonable concern that he's not going to be able to pay the loan, then you're not obligated to give it. But we're not going to get into all those details now. However, there is a very, very interesting and important um, line in the Sefer Achinuch here, which is very much relevant to the theme of Prisbal. And that is as follows. He says, this mitzvah we established, this mitzvah of, 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 of the mitzvah to, the positive mitzvah to annul the, low, the, the debt, the negative mitzvah not to, to, to claim it, those only apply in a time when the Yovel is knowing Midiraisa. So nowadays, if somebody collects his debts after Shemitah, he has violated only a negative, a rabbinic commandment. And, the, and, and actually, what, why did the Chachamim make that mitzvah? So the Chinuch says that it's because they didn't want us to forget the, 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 the they didn't want us to forget about it. If it, it says, um, nevertheless, rabbinic law, the cancellation of loans is in effect, even in our times and even in all locations outside of Israel, so that the biblical concept of canceling loans should not become forgotten to the Jewish people. And he actually discusses that the mechanism is different on a biblical level when the mitzvah applies on a biblical level. So the mechanism is that Shemitah sort of by default cancels the loans. Whereas nowadays, the mechanism is a mechanism of Hefka, and Hefka, that the best didn't have the authority to declare my money ownerless and etc. But again, don't want to get too sidetracked. The point is that the mitzvah, both the positive mitzvah to all the loans and the negative mitzvah of not demanding the money from him, don't apply nowadays on a biblical level, only a rabbinic level. However, says the Sefer HaChinuch, the third negative mitzvah, the mitzvah of not, of, of not refraining from lending money, that applies nowadays on a biblical level. In other words, now that Chachamim instituted a mitzvah that Midrabanon loans become annulled in Shemitah. So if I refrain from loaning, lending the money because I'm scared I'm not going to get it back because rabbinically I'm not allowed to demand the money back from him, I'll have violated the biblical mitzvah of not... Of not let's read it. In, yeah, is that clear? Just one thing. What, what, would, what would we need in order for it to be the rice? Yevon Noyag. Yeah. Is, is that clear? What I'm, I want to read it in the Chinuch's words. If, if anybody is not clear, please ask. This prohibition applies, the prohibition we're talking about, the, not, not to withhold, not to refrain from giving a loan because of Shmita. He says it applies to both men and women. We'll, we'll discuss that soon. Also very important about women making a principle. 
an ever allocation in all times. For even nowadays, when cancellation of loans on the end of Shemitah does not apply by biblical law, but only by rabbinic law, nevertheless, we are also warned not to refrain from extending a loan to a person in need out of fear of the Shemitah year, which cancels loans by rabbinic law nowadays. Right? So even though the cancellation is a very, well, this is a sort of a, a very interesting topic in general about how do rabbinic laws um, interact with biblical laws. Uh, there's dozens and dozens of examples, and the Akhrenim discuss it all the time. I'll just give you off the bat uh, an example that's on my head right now. If somebody, um, let's say if I, um, uh, if I take your, uh, your meat, and I, you're sorry, if I take your poultry, I take your chicken, and I cook it with milk. So, midiraisa, it's still perfectly kosher. Midirabonon, uh, yeah, only meat, midiraisa, only meat and milk is, 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 is forbidden. Poultry and milk is also midirabonon. Midirabonon, I've now practically stolen your food because now you can't use it anymore. So, my obligation to pay you for the damages, is that now a biblical obligation or a rabbinic obligation? Right? Because, right? That's, that's one of the scenarios. There many, many are such things. Anyway, but here the Sefer Chinuch says very clearly that even though the mitzvah to annul the debts is only rabbinic nowadays, nevertheless, if a person would to refrain from, uh, it's not just Sefer Chinuch, that's a Pashup Shat in the Gemara also, that if a person, yeah, that if a person would refrain from giving a debt alone nowadays, he would violate the biblical mitzvah of Yishamalach Abanil, Dovim Levad Chabalial, etc. Okay, so let's discuss some of the laws of Shmita's Ksavim. So, first of all, very important is that Shmita, we pass on that Shmita is Mishametas Besoifa, that the annulment of loans takes effect in the last moment of the year of Shmita, right? So, soon we're going to discuss why we made the Prusbal already before this past Rosh Hashanah. But this is now it's in the seventh year. We pass Shmita is this year. The annulment of loans takes effect and the very last moment before this coming up Rosh Hashanah. So if you lend somebody money on the 29th of Elul in the morning, this coming up 29th of Elul, come evening, the loan is annulled. Right? That's the that's the halacha. Now these laws are found in the Mishpat, and also in the Alter Rebbe's Mishpat, which I thought was online, but I couldn't find it. But it's part of the set and it's translated into English. So the first it's volume twelve, and it's the first chapter in this book is the law of laws of loans, and starting from um, Sif thirty four. Um, then it's actually on page 34 as well. Um, that's where we start, the Altarabbi starts discussing from here till the end of the chapter. Um, it's like three or four or five Sifim, something like that, more uh, till 40. So six Sifim discusses the laws of Shmitas Um I was planning to sort of read a lot of it together inside because I thought I had it on this, I'll have it on the screen, but we'll do it in a bit differently. So, first of all, um, Shemitah's Ksafim takes effect automatically, right? We don't need, it's not I have to say I'm annulling my loans. It's automatic. Come that time, the clock strikes the end of Shemitah year, um, it takes effect. Now, Shemitah annuls all kinds of loans, whether it doesn't, whether it's a mil, in, in Aloha, we have a milva bishtar and a milva balpeh, a milva um, with, a, with a document, with a star, or just a, an oral agreement that I'm lending you money, I'll pay me back. However, there are certain there are certain things that would make the loan be considered as if it were not mamish as if it were paid already, but kind of sort of as if it was paid, and therefore um, it's not annulled by Shmita. One of those is if a person has a mashkoin. If a person has it says I'm borrowing a thousand dollars, and here you could have my laptop. And um, when your laptop is, is yours until I pay back my loan, right? So then because you already have something of mine in your possession in lieu of the loan, so then um, the, such a loan is not annulled by Schmidt. Um, there's a discussion about if it's Dafke, if the Mashkin is the full value of the loan or not, but um, that basically that's-, that's only the, today, right? No, that, no, everything I'm saying now is even Midaraisa. You know, we'll get to that. This, what I'm saying now is in the rest. Now, if a person has karka um, that means the standard was 
and back in the day, I don't know how this applies nowadays, uh, certainly not in secular law, but the standard was that if a person had a mill of Bishtar, if a person had a loan with a doc, with a document, that uh, a document that you're borrowing a thousand or a hundred thousand dollars from me, right? So then all of your property is um, is Meshubit to me. That means all of your, not property, all of your real estate, all of your karka, all your real estate is, I have, I guess you could call it, I have a lien on all of your property. What that means is that if let's say um, you borrow $100,000 from me and then um, you sell your house for $100,000 and don't use that money to pay me back, you just go on with life and then you're completely bankrupt. You've lost every penny and I come to the loan, you got nothing. So I could say, I could go to that person who bought, I could legally sue the person who bought the house from you that he has to give me the house because my claim to that house precedes his claim to the house because by the fact that you borrowed money from me first, I had a lien on that house and therefore I get the house and now you owe him $100,000 and that's for him to sort out with you. Um, so if a person, that would not that would not help to for Schmidt. In other words, even if I had such an agreement, if Schmidt came, the $100,000 would be lost. However, that's just if it's generic, that all of your all of your real estate is Meshubit to me. But if there is a specific piece of property, this we, we, we make up in our, in our part of our deal is that this specific house or this specific field is Meshubit, it has a, I have a lien on it for this loan. So then once I've specified a specific piece of property that's for my loan, so then um, that would not be canceled in Schmidt. Okay. Another very important one is that Schmitter only cancels loans which their time to be um, paid has come, right? So if I, uh, let's say in the first year of Schmitter, I give you a loan for five years. I say, you got to pay me back in five years. Comes five years and, uh, you know, like they say, right? Comes the, at the end of the seventh year, that's it. The loan is, an, is, the loan is, is annulled. Right, but if I lend you money for ten years, so come Schmidt, Schmidt can't annul the debt because it, it's not really a debt yet. The debt only the 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 debtness of the debt yeah, only takes effect once the time to collect the debt has arrived. Right, so because just the, just because the fact that you have money that you're going to owe to me in three years, that's not annulled by Schmidt. If you don't pay me after ten years and the next Schmidt comes around, then it will be annulled. Now, then, now, so, 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 so based on this, there's also the concept of hakafas achanos. I'll read this inside from the Alter Rebbe. Hakafas achanos. This is from Hilchus Halva. In Chesh Mishpat, the Simanim and Alter Rebbe Shulchan Aruch and Chesh Mishpat don't have numbers. It's just the title of the Simon Hilchus Halva, the Law of Loans, and it's um, it's Sif Thirty Nine, second to last Sif of the of the Simon. If Rebbe Fraim was here, I think you would say it was the penultimate Sif. Okay, when a person lends money to a colleague and establishes a time for payment that is after the sabbatical year, the sabbatical year does not cause the debt to be remitted, as we just said. The rationale is that the prohibition he shall not demand payment to the sabbatical year does not apply because the time for payment has not yet arrived. For this reason, the sabbatical year does not cause a credit line at a store to be remitted. Since a storekeeper usually extends credit for a year or two, and it is usual for him to demand payment immediately, sorry, it is unusual for him to demand payment immediately, it is as if he set a time for payment after sabbatical year. When, by contrast, a person sells other types of merchandise, he becomes reliable as soon as the sale is completed. When the seller extends him a credit, it's as if he's giving him a loan, right? So in other words, nowadays when everything is computerized and credit cards, it's perhaps less rigid this way, but if you could think 20 years ago, right? It's very normal for a person to go into his local grocery shop and write down, uh, you know, this is how much I took, and you know, they have the index cards with everybody's name on, right? And then eventually, okay, you know, once a year, once in two years, once in three years, um, we make a cash print every so often. You have some extra cash. You put it towards your bill, and he does minus two hundred dollars on your card. And then eventually, every three years, let's say he makes a cash print and he says, "Okay, bottom line, you owe me fifteen thousand dollars." Right? Um, so because that's the norm, 
in a grocery store that they give you that that's how they work. So it's as if, even though it's not explicit, but it's implicit that we're not this loan is not due for payment for another three years, and therefore Schmitta would not cancel um, these loans. However, a store which is uh, I don't know, let's say Best Buy, right? Best Buy doesn't have a book even before computers. Right? You go in, you buy a computer, and you pay. Now then. What if you can't pay? So Best Buy might offer a service called the payment plan that will let you um, pay um, $50 a month for three years, right? Or I'll let you not pay. Sometimes they really want to get you. They'll say, we'll let you not pay anything for two years. And only after two years, you start paying $50 a month, right? That's not, that because it's not sort of built into the business norms that appliance stores would do such a thing. So there we say that, that's not called hakafa zahanus. That's like you bought something, and now they gave you a loan. So they give you a loan, so it is canceled by Schmidt. Now, because of all of this, if a person does have an account with his grocery store or with any other uh, loan, yeah, and then not even a, even a regular loan, yeah, I lend you um, whatever, I lend you money, and um, you're going to pay me back fifty dollars a month for the next three years. So. Once I've established either myself or the grocery store, whatever it is, once we've established a payment plan, so any money that's due is like a regular loan. So any money that's not yet due, the $50 a month that you're going to be paying me next year, that's not yet money. That's money that's not yet due. That's money that I don't, as of yet, have any claim to. So that money is not canceled by Schmitter. But if this year you were scheduled to be giving me $50 a month, so by the end of the year you owe me $600, and if you haven't yet paid that $600, that $600 is going to be canceled by Schmitter because based on our payment plan, that money was already due. Yeah, so far so good. So it's clear? Okay. Um, okay, another important thing is There's a shaila of gemachs and whether or not gemachs have the. In other words, the mitzvah shmita only applies to individuals, not to necessarily to a to to a most to tzedakah. Yeah, so it's the gemach which is there to send. Anyway, I, I don't. I assume practically whoever manages the gemach hopefully is making a principle, and so it, it, we'll see soon how that works. But. Um, Anyway, okay, now then, before we get to principle, everything that I've said until now is even in the time when the Yovel is doing and all of this would be relevant on a biblical level. But um, but um, then you have the concept of Moses Teresh of Lebezdin. Moses Teresh of Lebezdin means that there's a mitzvah to not, that you're not allowed to claim the money from your fellow. Now, Bezdin is not your fellow. Bezdin is Bezdin is representative, right? So, Bemela, if a person is Moses Teresa of Bezdin, that means I have a document that says that Bob owes me $1,000. So, after Schmitter, this document is useless. But if I, before Schmitter, before the end of Schmitter, I go to Bezdin and I tell them, take my, take my, take my, um, my debt, my, my, what's it called? Document. My document of the debt. Yeah, and you demand it from me. You you go and demand. I've sort of um, nominated the best, and that the, they they're going to demand this for me. So now that's okay. Now, sorry, credit collectors. Right. <laughs> so once I've given it to the best, and to the credit collectors, so then there's no there's no shmita anymore. Most of the of the best. Right. And for this reason, uh, the chinuk says an interesting thing. I think I'm not sure if it comes. I've never mentioned this. Sure, if it's mentioned in the Rebbe, but the Kinnuk says a very interesting thing. He says, one second, he says, So you could just make it for the whole world that is no Shmita. The best thing takes it away. Well, we'll see soon. The problem is that you actually actually have to give your documents to the best thing. Um, says the Kinnuk for this reason. Yeah, if, if before the end of Shemitah, the lender gives over his loan documents to the Bezdin and says to the judges, um, collect this debt for me, so then Shemitah does not cancel it. For the verse says, um, and you shall relinquish your authority over what you have with your brother. But this person has already given his authority over to the Bezdin, 
And oh, for this reason, he says, the sages of blessed memory stated that or, when orphans, that means heirs of the deceased lenders who are minors, right? So if a person dies and he leaves over his inheritance to his young children. So if they are owed money, then Shemitah does not cancel the debt. Why? Because basically the Bezdin of each and every generation, they are the patrons, the, fa- the quote-unquote father, the Apotropos, what's the legal word for that? Patrons? Guardian, Guardian yeah, maybe. Trustee. Yeah. Trustee of the orphans. So the Bemela, because the Bezdin are the trustee of the orphans, so it's automatically as if the orphans have already given over all their documents to the Bezdin. Without actually handing the Bezdin any piece of paper, it's automatically in the hand of Bezdin, right? If you want to make a good riddle, you could say... Uh, yeah, we have a big shyly of brain dead. Yeah, what happens if a person became brain dead on Chavtes Elul and then he was died is the next morning or later that night? Right. So here there could be besides the shyly of what the yard site is, there could be a major financial shyly because if he was considered dead in the morning, so then they were already him, So then Shmita doesn't cancel the loans, and now he has a loan of seventy-five million dollars. And does the, do the do the Yisraelim have a claim to the money or not? Right. Now the Shiloh brain death is an important Shiloh. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Okay. <laughs> so, all right. Um, okay. So now we have like this. Hillel came along, and he saw that people were violating the words of the Torah. Oh, there's an interesting footnote there. Seven. Everything's about money. All right. Anyway, the point. <laughs> see, the Rambam writes. The Rambam writes in the in the laws of Zokin Mamri, I think. Yeah, that anything that could come, any 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 mitzvah that he argues on the Sanhedrin. That could that could lead even in a very very far fetched after many many um, steps in the game to a matter of life and death. So then he's high for it, right? So anything financial could bring to life and death because if if there's a financial machlokes between the Zakim and the Bezdin, whether this money belongs to Reuven or Shimon, and Reuven uses that thing to betroth the woman. So now, according to the one shitta, if the thing belonged to him, so then that woman is betrothed, and somebody else who would live with that woman would be that would be um, adultery and would be put to death. According, if it didn't belong to him, then the condition would never have valid, then it didn't belong to him. And the Rambam gives you a few scenarios. He says, here you see something far-fetched that could bring to such a thing. And then he says, and go make your own chashbonus, anything that could after many, many, many... Um, um, things, uh, you know, one step after the other bring to a question of life and death, then it falls into this category. So I often think about these things where the, in the most random, you know, learning the most random of things, there's pretty much, you're going to be pretty hard fa- to find any mitzvah that c- couldn't eventually bring to something because, you know, so, so here's an example. It's just a question of of, of, of Bezdin Avi Yisoyimim, yeah? and here's a question of, of Something about the the moment of death. Was it five minutes ago? One, yeah. Was it a second before the end of the day, or a second after the end of the day? And right there, you go. That's the, that's the difference, right? And the, the, as 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 I throughout the year, I mean, the time every day you learn Rambam. Yeah, I'm always oh, this could this could bring to a case of life and death, and then that would apply to Zakim Rambam. One day I should sort of take myself notes and record all these cases and make a, a list of what. The Rambam says, the Rambam says, everybody, go make your own cheshbonus. Okay, remember the Rambam? All right. Um, okay, so Hillel HaZokin saw that people were violating the mitzvah of the Torah of not giving each other loans. Now, remember, we saw the Chinuch, that even though the mitzvah of... So Hillel's, Hillel's um, solution was principle. We'll discuss in a minute exactly what that is. Now, Hillel's solution only works in a time when it's only Midrabon. Because the mitzvah of Shemitah's Ksafim nowadays is only with Rabbanon, therefore, kind of, hey, mamru, hey, mamru. Rabbanon said that Prisbal is good enough to, to not relinquish the loan. But without a Prisbal, if a person were to refrain from giving a loan, like the Chinuch told us, he would be violating the biblical mitzvah of refraining from giving a loan, right? Even nowadays. Okay. 
The word prusbol, prus means, I don't know what language exactly, but prus means a takana, means like something we instituted. And bull is rich people. Basically, this is the takana for rich people because if it wouldn't make a prusbol, the rich people wouldn't be all violating this mitzvah of not giving loans when they should be. Now, basically what a prusbol does is, before we said that if a person gives, takes this document and he gives it to the bezdin, um, and he tells them, you demand it for me, so then Schmidt is not Meshamit. What Prozbul does is that it makes that entire procedure virtual. So basically, you write a document, and you say, I'm giving over to this and this Bezdin all my, all, my, all my debts so that they should collect it for me. You don't actually have to give it to them, any documents, and they don't even have to actually collect it for you. You've given them authority, then you could collect it as their agent who are your agent, right? And another very big to a very big accomplishment of the principle is that now it could work even for the loans for which you don't have a document. If you have a Milva Balpeh, if you have an ROS, you didn't make a document, you just said, okay, I'm lending you $1,000, right? So on the biblical thing of Moses Jerusalem Bezdin, there's not that you don't have any document to give Bezdin. Once it's a principle and it's just a virtual um conveying of the loan. So now it could apply also to to uh, no? to oral agreements. Um, and basically, one thing led to the next. Lemaisa, we're very, very lenient about Brisbane and a number of things. First of all, we don't, we're not makbid that it should be a Bezdin Khashuv. I didn't know it was supposed to be a Bezdin Khashuv. You go to formal Bezdin, we passing it could be any three kosher Jews, could be um, could be on the Bezdin, and even they could be relatives. In other words, even though usually a father and a son or two brothers would not be able to, to sit on a Bezdin together, but for Prusbal, it could even be relatives. I actually tried to find anybody discussing if it could be a convert, because a convert is not kosher to be a Dayan. I didn't find that addressed explicitly whether a convert could be part of the uh, of the Bezdin. So if you're doing if you did if you're doing a Prusbal with three people. Who are doing hataras nadarim, and one of them is a is a convert, and that would be a question whether it's a valid prusbul. Chabad custom is to do hataras nadarim with ten people, so it's highly unlikely that that out of the ten you won't have three. Who are, so even so, saying that usually that would that would be fine. Um, and um, anyway, one second. Isn't there an issue with that? If like you have ten witnesses and there's some that are. No, so with principle, it doesn't matter. And first of all, that's witnesses, not Bezdin. Right. But the, 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 the Aiden, not with Dayan. Oh, Dayan, no. right. Another big Kula, which some people are Mahmuran, but um, I don't believe in Chabad. I, to the best of my knowledge, the Rebbe did not do this, and it's the thing. We don't, we're not Mahmur to do the principle in writing. We just say it, right? Originally, the Takana is that you write. You write a document with witnesses that I'm giving over this. You don't actually have to give the document to the Bezdin. I could write a document right here. I'm giving over all my loans to such and such a Bezdin in there. It's Israel. And I have two witnesses sign it. And that would be a kosher principle. But we don't even do that. We just take three, any three people, your kosher Jews, and you say to them verbally, I'm giving over all my loans. And we pass them that that is okay. Does he, do you have anywhere where he like says his, his motivation behind this? Yeah, the Mara says that he saw that people were coming to be over on the midst of the Torah. Even though if you have a if you have a star, you already could uh, already just give it to base and take care of it. That's not so first of all, not everybody does first of all, not everybody actually does that. And I what the best then are gonna start taking on the responsibility of becoming everybody's debt collectors. So it's basically it's more complicated. Yeah. No, what's the question? No, that one second, let me find this. Well, I mean, I understand that that's in the Gemara, that I remember, but I, I don't. I, he said, the Gemara says that he saw the Gemara. So, like, he, he felt like he needed something more. But you're saying that Aitza is uh, hard to apply. Basically. Yeah. Anyway, so then. Yeah, there's actually another thing. A person can make a stipulation and say, um, It's an interesting thing. On the one hand, that this is even without principle. Any, any condition that a person makes, any stipulation a person makes in financial matters is, is valid. Um, but you can't be master um, you can't uh, You can't make a, tonight, a stipulation that would 
override something it says in the Torah. Case in point, if a person gives, I lend you a thousand dollars. If I would say I'm lending you this thousand dollars on the stipulation that Schmitter won't cancel it, so then that's an that's an irrelevant that's an irrelevant and stipulation because Torah says that Schmitter does cancel it. Right. But if I were to word it slightly differently and I were to say that I'm lending you this money and can, a stipulation that you won't cancel this loan in Schmitter, so then you, I'm not saying about what happens in reality. I'm saying you're, you're still going to give me this money after Schmitter. So then, then, it would, then you would still owe me the money because even though the Torah does not obligate him, he chose to obligate himself in money that Torah doesn't choose, that Torah, Torah tells him is not obligated to do, and then that is binding. A person has the authority to make himself owe money, even if Torah, he doesn't have to, right? So what if he's the borrower? Yeah. yeah. What happens if you make a cruise goal, but then the person you lent money to pays you back? Oh, okay. Like, yeah. Well, no, if, 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 <laughs> no, if, if so, oh, one second, I'm going to get to that. It's very important, because that's relevant to why we made the cruise goal this past year as well. But we'll get, get to that. Um, there's another stipulation to a principle. In order for the principle to take effect, the loiva, the borrower, has to have at least a mashahu of karka. He has to have some real estate. Now, it doesn't mean he has to own it. It could be he's renting it. It could be he's even borrowing it temporarily. But there has to be some... Well, the, the re, as far as I understand, the reasoning is that because that we, if the borrower has some element of real estate, so then on some level, there's some way you could say that I, the lender have a lien on, on the real estate, and therefore it's as if then I could already, like we discussed before, when you have a lien in certain situations, you could even biblically um, claim the loan. So Mamela, we want the borrower to have um, some sort of real estate. Now, nowadays, most people have real estate because, again, it doesn't mean you have to own it, but everybody lives somewhere, everybody everybody uh, has a bed in a dormitory or even in, in you know, a, a place to put his mattress in a homeless shelter, <laughs> everybody has something. Um, it says that if not, because if there's mamish nothing, so then the answer is that when I make a prusbal, I also will be makna. I'll as part of my prusbal, I'm going to give a gift to the borrower of a tiny, fragment, tiny, tiny portion of land. You get the square inch in the back of my living room. I'm going to lend this, to lend that square inch to you for the next little while, and um, that works as well. So it's a, sort of a lot of technicality. Okay. Now, if once a person has made a prusbal, so then. The Schmitter is takes no effect and it's perfectly okay for him to claim the loan, like you said. What if a person doesn't have a principal and a person and a person comes to pay your loan to you? So then there's the Dvar Hashmita. Dvar Hashmita, which we translated as the matter, or the Gutnik translation translates it as the terms of the Shmita. The terms of the Shmita are that I but it's also the word of Shmita. The word, the word of Shmita is. That when so as I lent you a thousand dollars, no principal, no none of the workarounds. You come back to me like a good Jew, with the, uh, say a year later, and you say, "Oh, here's my loan," and I say, "No, it was shmita." So I have an obligation to say to you, "No, mishamitani." I say I'm not taking this loan because I am uh, the, the shmita cancel loan. If you want to be very generous and say, nevertheless, I want to give you this gift of a thousand dollars, then it's fine. I'm allowed to accept it. But, but, but it has to be explicit that you're giving it as a gift, not as repayment of the loan. I'll read that from the English of the translation of Alfred Shukhan Aruch. Is that in the language of the principle itself? No. Because the Bishop, you don't do that. This is only like the loan. That was canceled. The borrower is repaying you, even though the. This is without a personal loan. Yeah. 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 So they're, they're paying you back because they choose to pay it back, not because they're obligated. Well, I can't see these words right now, but as I state, by the way, in the bibliography, of um, figuring out when different parts of the Alter Rebbe were written, which there's, there's even, besides his history, there's often there's halakhic ramifications. Like sometimes if you find a, a contradiction or a difference between one part of the Alter Rebbe and another part, so then you want to know which, which was written later, because that means he changed his mind later. So one of the very important bibliographical notes is from these laws where the Alter Rebbe says, that the year Shmita was in Tovkov Memdalad, which is 5544. So we know that this section of Al Rebbe Shukhanaruch was written in between 
5544 and 5537, yeah. Um, because otherwise, right? in fact, I think in an earlier edition, it actually said in earlier Schmidt, and then it was changed later. So we know that the Altareva final, we know in, in the in within, we could narrow it down to a seven year period of when this section of the Altareva Shachanarach was written. Anyway. Um, Okay, so here there's a here, here's a very interesting thing. There is a shitta of the rush. Atayra says explicitly in the beginning of chapter 15, like we just told me, Kate Shavashanim at the end of seven years. It's explicit in the Torah that the Shemitah Sofim takes effect at the end of the seventh year. However, there's an interesting shitta of it's known as the shit of the rush. The other Rishonim will go with it. As the interesting the rush, the rush holds that we split the timing of the positive mitzvah and the negative mitzvah. The positive mitzvah to relinquish loans that takes effect at the end of Shemitah. The negative mitzvah not to demand a loan that takes effect at the beginning of Shemitah. So, Mamela, if I lend you a thousand dollars last year, if I wouldn't have made the principal already now from the beginning of Shemitah, according to the rush. I'm not allowed to go and demand the money from you. If you pay me the money, I can accept it. But I'm not allowed to demand it from you. And then if it carries even to lend to next year, so then not only am I not allowed to demand it, but even if you come to pay it to me, I have to tell you, no, and only if you say, I'm going to give you this gift, am I allowed to accept the money. But during the year of Shemitah, where the positive mitzvah to relinquish the loan does not apply, according to the Rosh, the negative mitzvah not to demand the loan does apply. So because of this reason, the Al-Tarebbe, the Al-Tarebbe passing is this way, because of this, therefore, um, he doesn't pass like that shit, he says, he says you should do it, yeah? basically, um, that's why and certainly this Chabad Minhag to be particular about, that we do a prusbal at the end of the sixth year, because according to the Rosh, the, so that, that way there's no prohibition against uh, demanding my loan even in the seventh year. However, what happens, so, so what the Al-Tarebbe says, the Al-Tarebbe says that if a person didn't do it at the end of the sixth year, so then you should do it at the end of the seventh year. But the truth is that even if you did do it at the end of the sixth year, what happens to loans that you made in the, within the year of Shemitah? Now it's a bit unclear what the Rosh would paskin. If I lend you money today, would the Rosh paskin that, um, the principle that I made previously obviously doesn't work, right? So if I lend you money today, is there a default prohibition against me ever asking you for the money back? And um, only if you uh, remember on your own to come and, get and pay me back, am I allowed to accept it or not? It's, it could be that that's what the rush would hold. It doesn't say anywhere that we have to be machmer like the rush as far as that is concerned. In other words, we machmer to make a principle at the end of the sixth year to cover loans that were made from years one to six. But it doesn't say anywhere that we have to be machmir that loans that were made in the seventh year, I'm not allowed to mention it. To the best of my knowledge, state the shazazat. But, but, but because you may have made loans during the seventh year, so therefore our minag is that even though we already made a loan during the sixth year, we make another one at the end of the seventh year for loans that were, for, to cover any loans that we made during the seventh year. Now, one more important thing to point out is women. Men make a principle nowadays the way we do it. It's part of the davening. Yeah, you go to shul and have Rosh Hashanah and you make a principle. If a person, for whatever reason, is not going to be in shul and have Rosh Hashanah, you can do it before. You can do it a week, you can do it a month before. It just doesn't, it won't cover loans that were made post principle. But you could, it doesn't have to be made specifically on Erev Rosh Hashanah. Now, women don't usually go to shul on Erev Rosh Hashanah. Now, so it depends. If it's a married woman, so usually, um, a married, uh, well, yeah, usually a married couple will have joint accounts. So there's not necessarily a need for a married woman to make a principle because any money that she would have loaned is really it's her husband's money. So he makes a principle, that's fine. But if a woman does have, uh, let's say she's whatever the arrangement is, if a woman does have her, if a married woman does have her own accounts and her own money, so then she also has to make a principle. And if she doesn't make a principle, so then she's not allowed to. Uh, then, she would, then the loans would be cancelled. And it's also very relevant to girls or women who are not married, 
whether divorce, single, never matter, whatever it is, right? They have money, they have a job, they're earning money, it belongs to them. Um, so then they have to make sure um, to make a principle. Perhaps it was a little bit remiss of myself not to make a public awareness of this um, before the end of the sixth year, but later, at the end of this coming year, when it's the time to make a principle again, and which they can we passed, and that's the main principle. So then I'll, I'll, try, I'll try to remind everybody that if their wives have separate accounts or if they have other women in their lives who have who are single, that it's important that they all make a principle so that there shouldn't be any issue with them claiming money, like we saw explicitly in the Chinuch, that it applies to men and to women. Okay, any questions before we conclude? I noticed this past year there was a big push for number one, for women to do it, and two, for it to be done electronically. That I, maybe it happened before, I don't know, but I, I never saw it before. I electronically know. as opposed to verbally? Sorry? As opposed to verbally? Yes. So so, so the, the thing is like this. Um, uh, um, do you remember, do you have a name behind this push? Was it Rabbi Oberlander? It might have been. So Rabbi Obama did. He he's the one who put. He, he did. Women, one hundred percent correct. He also pushed for it to be made. The the, the word was electronically as opposed to uh, right. to write it down as opposed to just verbally. He did say that. He did. He definitely did say that. I didn't have a chance to discuss with him why he said that. I mean, that's the better way to do it. But to the best of my knowledge, it's not. It has never been the Chabad practice. And again, to the best of my knowledge, the Rebbe did not do that. Um, so, uh, so um, I mean, it's certainly it's a it's a hiddur or a chumrah to do it, um, but it's not. Uh, I don't believe that. Certainly, in the Chabad custom, I don't believe it's a necessary it's a necessary chumrah. Another interesting halacha, though, is that a person, if a person, a person doesn't. In other words, if a person didn't make a prisbol, so then there's no. You can't. If the person, even if the person pays you, you can't accept it. But if, but you don't have to provide a principle. In other words, you could say I made a principle and we we take we believe you at face value. We don't whether you say you made it verbally or you say you made it um, in a document and you lost the document, it doesn't matter. If a person claims that he made a principle, the the, the Bezdin will believe him. Um, yeah, again, I, I could be wrong, and maybe between now and the end of Schmidt we'll find uh, I did hear that he said that, but again, to the best of my knowledge, I don't recall it ever being done in the past, and I don't I did ask around a little bit on various WhatsApp groups, and to the best of what I could gather, um, the, the rabbi did not do it um, uh, thing, and some of them usually don't do chumras that the rabbi didn't do, and uh, yeah, but Ari is not such a chassid, so he could be machmer if he wants. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs>